all fucked up on coffee, all cranked up so I can be who you need me to be, who I believe you need me to be, since we can never really know what anyone actually wants us to be, but we can project our childhood trauma and the deficit we felt when we were young and construct an illusion of who we think people needed us to be based on that. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Eating Alone in My Bed show with your host. So sad today. Um, yeah, I'm in bed, you know, it's just how it is, not in the car. Um, today I am having, uh, blintzes, I'm having frozen cheese blintzes, golden, golden's blintzes. Um, I had bought a box of these golden's blintzes, um, from Ralph's for a little photo shoot I did. I did a, a blintzen photo shoot, more on that later. Um, and so these are the golden cheese blintzes and they've just been hanging out in the fridge. And I, I thought that, well, I thought that today would be a good time to pull two of them out and microwave them on a paper towel um, and eat them in the bed as I, as, I, as I commune with you, as I reach out my, my hand and touch you over the blintz. Um... You know, the reason I chose the blintzes, it, it was both calculated and not. You know, I, I opened the freezer. I thought, um, you know, it's Sunday. I have to record the fucking show. Um, God damn it. And um, so I need to eat something. That part's not God damn it. That part's like, okay, what are we going to do here? Um, and, um, you know, I saw the box of blintzes left over from uh, the very exciting photo shoot and I was like, you know, I'm feeling as though uh, the blintzes really provide a mirror of something I've been thinking a lot about, the blintzen, the blintzen, um, which is, why well, I haven't been thinking that much about it, but I like was thinking about it today a little bit and maybe like a little bit this week. Um, and what it is, is, um, you know, feeling the need to perform feeling the need to, um, be something. Um, for me, the something really shape shifts, you know, I can be like not enough one thing in one situation and then be not enough. It's opposite in, you know, the, in two minutes later. Um, so the need to perform, you know, it's not like I'm a, it's not like I'm like, a Broadway hoofer, like a Carol Channing, or I don't even know who Carol Channing was, but that name just sounds very much like a Broadway hoofer. You know, it's not like I'm not like, I'm not Eliza Minnelli. Like I'm not like, you know, come to the cabaret. Like it's not that type of performativity. It's sort of more of a, um, I need to, um, I need to, I, I need to bring something. I need to bring something. I need to try, you know, or what? Or um, I'll lose you. I'll lose you. I'll lose. I'll lose. So I need. I need to try, but also 
have the illusion, appear to have the illusion that I'm not trying because I'm afraid to appear, I'm afraid to appear as though I'm trying because then, um, if I'm rejected, that means that my, um, sort of, you know, it'll, it'll be known that, that I put effort in, I tried, but the effort was rejected. Um, and, and so, um, but the, but the alternative is the fear of not trying, you know, the fear of sort of that as I am just like completely naked, left alone, uh, sort of, you know, at my essence, my unwashed face, um, you know, no bra, titties getting sadder, you know, progressively sadder. I just had a birthday, you know, the, the titties are, the titties aren't, they don't get better. Let's put it that way. It doesn't get better. Um, you know, that, that, uh, it'll sort of the skin, you know, the skin just getting, uh, more old, more, um, you know, you look at, you look at when you're young, you look at, um, you know, your, your elders, the skin of your elders. And you think just how does that, how did they let that happen? How did that happen? Like as though it's something they could have, they could have stopped or controlled. And so, you know, and, the, and then you see it, you see it happening. And for me, it's like, sometimes I'll look in the mirror and I'm genuinely surprised by what I see, you know, or I'll see a photo and I'm genuinely surprised that this has happened to me. How has this happened? But more often it's that, um, you know, I'll look at, at, at those younger than me and I'll just, I'll, I'll like, I'll look at their newness, that new car smell, that new softness. And I'll think like, yeah, no, like that's, that's just, that, that I'm no longer, that that's no longer for me, you know, but like, but like, I, I'm still in the running, you know, I think I'm still in the running. That's just no longer for me. But meanwhile, them with their new car smell are looking at me just as I did at my elders and thinking, how did she let, how did that happen? How did she let that happen? So it's, you know, it's the great cycle of life. I take comfort in the notion that uh, we're all going to be old, you know, young listeners, you too cannot escape. And I like that, you know, I like that um, a future hell awaits you too. It soothes me. I find it soothing that, that a future hell awaits you too. But so, um, but so I'm in bed. And so anyway, so the blintz choice was really like, well, how, how naked can I get? You know, like the word cheese blintz, cheese blintz, blintz. It's an intimate food. You know, I don't know that my shuttle ancestors necessarily saw the blintz as intimate. To them, it was just life. But to me, it it feels there's 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 a bit of an embarrassment. Maybe it's in the the lintz, the the blintz. It's it's something. It's very um like if I were um 16 and I were on a date, like there's no way, you know, and somehow a blintz came in the picture. Like there's no way that I would ever even identify that. I had ever seen a blintz that I knew what a blintz was, especially a cheese blintz, like cherry. All right. You know, cherry, but, but a cheese blintz, a cheese blintz, you know, I I would not have, I would not have admitted that I knew what it was, had anything to do with it, had ever loved it. And I've loved a cheese blintz. I've loved many a cheese blintz. You know, it's sort of, um, it's like, it's like someone, it's like someone you love, you know, and then you're sort of, but you're embarrassed, you're embarrassed of them. You know, you're embarrassed of them and you don't have enough 
character yet to um, withstand the perceived judgment of others. And so you sort of disown them in public. You know, I actually don't even know if I've ever done that to a person. I'm reading Giovanni's Room right now, which is just, I mean, I'm sure most of you, well, if you haven't read it, gorgeous. But, you know, I feel like I am David and the cheese blintz is Giovanni. And like uh, this, these years, you know, I've, I've been afraid of my, of my love for the cheese blintz. You know, I, I haven't wanted to come clean. You know, I've, I've been afraid of what, what others would think. And I guess, you know, David probably, David did run up against some, some pressure in loving Giovanni. For me, I don't think anyone ever really said, like said, you know, like, um, if you love, if you love a cheese blintz, like, you know, there's something wrong with you. You know, like, I don't know that society was actually judging, but I felt it. I created that sort of, I created my own fear of um, being public, an ultimate um, divorce from the cheese blints. But, you know, now, for me now with the blints, it's like, I guess I feel enough confidence that I can, I can declare my love for the cheese blints. Um, you know, I can eat the blints for you with you because this isn't, I'm trying to not be performative about the blints. I'm just revealing, I'm just revealing my, my relationship with the blints. And I'm saying, here it is, here it is. It's always been, you know, I've always, I've always loved a blints, loved a blints. Who doesn't fucking love a blints? But, you know, I had to come to a place in my life where I could, sometimes it takes time. It takes time to come to the place where, you know, it's like with the So Sad Today account. Like, I needed to know that, like, people accepted it. And I also needed to no longer be working in an office where people were, like, people would sort of, like, judge me for knowing that I had these thoughts and feelings um, before I could come out about it you know, before I, I stopped, it stopped being anonymous, you know? Um, and then I confess. And so with the blints, I feel as though now I confess, you know, I'm fessing. This is me fessing the blints, but it, but it is something I've been thinking about this week, um, about performativity, um, and namely, um, you know, the ways that I perform my, okayness and not okayness like I'm okay now to tell the internet I'm not okay you know I can tell like a ton of anonymous people you know strangers avatars for the most part like that I'm not okay it's hard in my life for me to admit to to say to another person like hey I'm not okay you know I've spoken about like even when I in all my years of therapy like when I would have a panic attack in therapy, like I'd literally be talking about panic attacks to the therapist, but it was too vulnerable for me to say. So I'd be talking about the panic attacks that I have when I'm not in therapy, but I, it felt too vulnerable to say I'm having a panic attack right now. You know, I think some of that was like the fear that if the therapist knew that I was having a panic attack in front of them, it would say something about our relationship, you know, like it would say, like, first of all, it, it would say something about them as a therapist, like, well, 
and and like you know it was my desire to kind of I'm like oh I need to protect them from their own feelings of unworthiness you know that like or on ineffectiveness right like why is she having a panic attack in therapy she's supposed to be feeling safe here so it was that but it was also about you know more so than protecting their feelings it was also about just that fear of being seen in the moment while it's happening you know because to talk about something is to talk around the feeling, to create a narrative around it, to, you know, that's why I'm a writer. It's like it, or part of it, it's like a way of reframing the raw, you know, it's a way of reframing it. It's, it's an, it's a way of having an illusion of control. And like all I've ever wanted is the illusion of control, right? It's why I carve out little pockets in my life, whether it's disordered eating, whether it's, you know, the, the, the stuff I obsess about online, whether it's obsessing about what, you know, channeling all my anxiety of the world into one human being, whether it's turning, you know, one person into a God who it's a way because like life is nebulous. Feelings are nebulous. Feelings are ambivalent. Feelings are messy. It's a stew, you know, and I'm just not like comfortable in the stew, But if I can reduce the stew, if I can just take control over like one, not even an element of the stew, like it's not even like an element like, like the chicken, you know, I'm not just like, okay, well, if I can perfect the chicken within the stew, but it's like almost, it's an element that's sort of like next to the stew. Like, I'm like, if I can just like get the right bowl, you know, if I can just make sure the spoon is beyond reproach. That's what I want. I want I want one element of my life to be beyond reproach, whether it's beyond judgment from others. You know, this is mine. You can't touch it. Or if you see it, you can't. There's nothing you can say about it. You know, one element that I can cling to, usually a plastic spoon. I love a plastic spoon. Oh, I had a moment actually with a plastic spoon this week. Um, I was on the beach and... Um, I had a mo- had a moment. Often when I'm looking at the ocean, I have these. I have a moment where I'm like, "You are set free," you know. I'm like, "You are set free," and so it was really about the body stuff that I've been grappling with. Same bullshit, but you know. And and I was walking towards the ocean to take a pee in the ocean. Um, I was walking toward the ocean to take a pee in the ocean, um, which I love doing. I love pissing in the ocean pissing, you know, and, and as I'm pissing in the ocean, I'm always thinking it's just a dry, it's like peeing in the ocean, you know, because that's what it is, right? Like in a way it's like the ocean is that, that, that element, that lifeness that like, I can't control the fucking ocean. But like when you're in the ocean, you're like hit with how much you can't control the ocean. You're like accosted by it. And I love that. I love the fucking tide. I love when it's just like smacking me. I just smack myself in the face. Um, with my Blint's hand, you know, like it's just smacking you. Oh, that felt good. Smacking, hitting myself in the face feels really good right now. Um, you know, but that's what it is. It's like the ocean is just fucking smack. And it's like, you are not in control. And I love that. I think it's like what some people describe about why they like to be, you know, like, like hit during sex or like, um, I personally, 
I'm too much of like a Jewish hypochondriac and control freak to ever want to be choked, you know, like consensually, like I, I like consensual, sensual, like don't cut off my air supply. Like I, I can't, I can't be involved with anyone else cutting off my air supply. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I can't, I can't breathe every day. Like I can't, I need my air supply. Like don't fuck with the air supply. But like, you know, some people describe that though, as they love it, like a consensual choking or a consensual slapping, you know, because it's just like, like being relieved of that, um, or, or being tied up or, or subbing, you know, like being relieved of that need to choose, you know, it's just like fucking take it, right? Like take it ocean. So in that moment, it's like all the, the uncontrollable that I've been like fighting against by clinging to whatever one piece of minutia I've been clinging to. So as not have to face the fact that I'm fucking powerless over the rest, you know, in that moment in the ocean, sometimes I'll feel that like surrender. And I'm just like, I give it to you. You know, I give it to you ocean, right? It's like the slap, the slap of the uncontrollable. But so as, as I was walking to the ocean to take my piss, um, I, I had, you know, I was like, fuck it about the body. I was just like, Fuck it. You know, I felt the ocean was calling me. I watched how heavily it was slapping. Fuck it. Fuck it, body. Fuck it, bitch. You're not in control. Fuck it. And then like immediately though, I always, so I always, so I saw, and I, and I looked down and I saw this shell and I was like, here you are. You're coming to this moment of peace. And anytime it's a grand epiphany or a grand moment of revelation or a grand letting go, like I love that shit. I love the grand letting go, you know, love the grand letting go, the grand letting go. I have yet to find it actually sustainable, but what I'll do is I'll, especially if it happens at the beach, I'll like, I'll I'll think like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take a shell. I'm going to pick up a shell and I'm going to keep this shell, you know, all already just trying to have control, right. And trying to have control of that moment. Um, like, you know, I will, um, I will take that shell. Sorry, someone just texted me something really annoying and I got distracted. Um, ugh, it was like a fucking like cat emoji. Like calm, like with the cat heart. I, like just calm down, okay? The cat heart emoji is not doing anything. Cat heart eye emoji, it's not making your annoying text any better. So just calm down. Wait, is it the cat with the hearts? It's the cat with the... Oh no, I'm sorry, it's not the cat. It's the monkey with the eye. It's still... Okay, the monkey is only the monkey with the hands over the eyes is only a step better. So just no, that's not helping. The monkey has not softened the annoying blow of the text. Just FYI. But so, cat heart eye. Um, I digress. So I have this moment, right? I'm facing the powerlessness. I'm facing the uncontrollable. And of course, it's the ocean, so it's gorgeous. So I'm like accepting it, and I'm feeling the wind, and I I am making peace with my body. I'm, you know, I'm a grain of sand. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. And I enjoy being nothing in this moment. And so I'm like, all right, how do I get back here? I need to make sure I can get, I can stay in this moment, this moment of deep oceanic about to piss in the ocean acceptance. How do I, and I see, and so this time I saw, so I'm like, I'm going to take a shell. And with this shell, I will forever be reminded of this moment and and I will be able to harness the power of this moment and I will forever be able to let go. Well, I'm literally in my bed right now. I've got I've got a couple of shells on my nightstand. Um never do I look at these shells and feel what I was feeling in that moment. I like the shells, you know, but but I still, you know, I 
but I still obsess about the shelves because I just try to curate like my candles and my shells on my nightstand. Like I want it to be like the perfect candle shell ratio, you know? So like already it just becomes a prop, you know, it just becomes more shit. And like, because that's the thing about these moments, right? Like they're not, they're not meant these revelatory moments. That's what makes them so fucking awesome is that we don't take them with us. You know, maybe a little piece, maybe they can be shared. And I do believe there are integrative moments in our life of transformation. But usually for me, like, as I said a couple weeks ago, it's about the micro moments for that stuff, you know, for the, for the transformative, for the like, for the revelatory that you actually like start to integrate in your life or your life starts to really change for me, I don't want to say you, cause I, I really don't know. But for me, it's about the micro, right? It's about the little tiny changes. You know, those macro vast, I live for the macro vast. It's all I want is the peak experiences. I want the high, but I don't, I can't take it with me in a shell. It's not coming in the shell. But so in this moment though, so I was walking towards the ocean. I was like, I'm freed. Fuck it. My body is my body, you know, like it was this very, it was this great, like I'm an earth, I'm an earth woman. You know, I felt very earth woman-y, you know, I was of the earth. I was one with the ocean. I was one with the sand, you know, everything. And I looked down, I was just like, ah, and there was this beautiful black shell. And usually I have these, these small white, you know, like Pacific coast, at least in LA, like the shells aren't, there's nothing that exciting about the shells. They're very little. They're cute. I'm not denigrating the shells, but you know, there's not, it's not like, I don't know where in the world there are like the big, beautiful shop, but it's, it's not that, you know, you're not getting like the fucking, the mama shell. But I looked down and I saw this beautiful black shell and it wasn't an oyster shell, which you do get some of those. And those are just whatever. It was like this big, beautiful black shell. And I was just like, oh my God, like that, like it's, it's, it's really happening. You know, it's really happening. And this moment is being marked by the big shell. Here it is, you know, and I reached down into the sand to claim this shell, to claim my hard-earned moment. And then I'm going to go piss in the ocean and I'm one with it all. I'm one with the tides. The shell is marking it. I'm going to be able to take it with me. I'm forever transformed. I have come to the place where my body and I are finally whatever, whatever you're supposed to be. And I realize it's a plat, it's the head of a plastic spoon. So that's, you know, that's perfect, right? That That's what it is. But in truth, I love a plastic spoon. I love a plastic spoon, you know? So of course I didn't take the plastic spoon because like who the fuck ate off that? You know, I don't know. But it was like perfect, you know? But it was like, of course. And I still enjoyed pissing in the ocean, you know? Oh no, someone's texting me. I had my birthday yesterday. Someone's texting to ask how my birthday. They asked what I did. What do you think I did? I tried to sleep through my birthday. I mean, come on, what what else am I supposed to do? Like I've I've been out of bed very few times in the past twenty four hours, um, but so, um, you know I don't know. So it was it was a plastic spoon. I love that I'm like live giving you all of my texts because usually I'm in the car when I'm recording, so I'm not like watching the texts as they come in. But like right now, so you're getting like the blow by blow, you know, of like the annoying texts. Um, but so. Yeah, so it's like, you know, it is what it is. But so I I was thinking, though, a lot about, like, not a lot, but I was thinking about sort of my performativity and just, like, kind of um, 
because basically, so on Wednesday, I was having, there was one day this week where it was like nothing was happening really on the outside that was actually like bad per se. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, aside from like uh, nothing different, right? Like aside from like global pandemic, like aside from like everything bad that's like, you know, and just my like general, like nothing had changed between, I guess it was Wednesday, between Tuesday and Wednesday. You know, I think it was Wednesday. Like there was nothing different, Nothing had happened, but inside there was a happening, you know, like I was having a really hard time. I think it was Wednesday and I just, the sadness was like loud and like the not okayness was like loud. And, you know, like I said, like I can, I can do it. I can give it to the internet, you know, or I can even like with sort of the places that I do, like the quote unquote, truth telling about myself like in my sort of like you know with my people like but like more in a sort of with like a bunch of my people you know like I do speak from the heart but I also you know I'm like watching myself speaking like it's very rare that I'm just like fucking naked you know like that I'm just like that I can just be like naked and soft You know, like, without the, like, but I'm okay, or without the, like, making it funny, you know, like, it's hard for me to just be, like, little voice inside, like, letting it kind of come out without the dressing. Because also, when I tell people, like, how I'm really, like, it just, I don't know, like, I've expressed this before, like, it just sometimes feels like, Because I feel like, you know, people try to fix and that's human nature. We all do that. First of all, because sometimes we don't feel like listening to the person. So we just like, oh my God, like I can't deal with this. Okay, let me just like try to fix. Also, you know, out of like the good kind human desire to like, oh no, my friend's not okay. I want them to be okay. Also out of like this, the the self sort of the the making it about us like, oh no, they're coming. I need to be able to fix this. I'm supposed to be able to, how do I fix this at, you know, but like, it's rare to just be like, okay. So, and I love a voicemail for that. Like I love an epic voicemail. Love when people leave me an epic voicemail, you know, love to leave an epic voicemail. Um, for a while I was into the voice note and I do like a voice note. Um, because why well, I like to leave a voice note because then they can't pick up their phone when, but sometimes when I receive a voice note, it feels like, like pressure, like, oh no, I gotta, I gotta listen to this right away. Like, uh, usually it's when it happens in a text. There's only one person who, when they leave me a voice note, I don't feel pressure. And that's my dear friend, Ms. Petra Collins. Um, Petra's voice notes are epic, but usually we just leave those in like a pickle, my pickle voice or like, like, you know, she's just like me and I'm like, you know, like usually it's, so Petra is like, I don't feel burdened by the voice note, but sometimes when like with the voice note, like it's just like, it's there in the middle of the text. And I'm like, I got to, tr- you know what it is? It's about the transition, right? Like I've been in text mode and then it's voice. And, and I'm just like, ah, I don't know. Like, oh no, like I have to, I have to engage a different part of my brain or something, but, and voicemails are a different kind of pressure. Like sometimes when there's a voice voicemail, it's like, oh, but, um, but like, I do love like receiving an epic voicemail from someone where they just get like really raw. Like that's, I don't know. That just feels like home to me. 
you know, because like they can just talk without me having to fix or solve. And I love a voicemail where someone's like, listen, there's really nothing for you to do here. There's nothing for you to do. Sometimes they're like, I don't even need a call back. Like, I just need to like say this, what's going on. And like, there's nothing for you to do, but I just need like a friend to just like listen. And so this week I, so on Wednesday when I was just feeling like very just like, like not the good isolation, like the sort of the, like the, the what's wrong with me isolation, I called two people and I left them voicemails and I just was like, listen, I don't need a call back. You know, which I guess was in a little, with a little bit of my like codependence, like sort of being like, I'm letting you off the hook, you know, and they did, they did get back to me, which was really nice. But it was kind of just like me saying like, Hey, like, I don't want you to feel like you have to fix or solve. I don't want any, I don't even want a solution. I know, I know what I have to do here, but like, you know, cause I did, I was like, Oh, I know what to do. Like, I know what to do. You know, I got my tools. I got the tools, but sometimes you're just like, I'm tired. I don't want to pick up a tool. I just want to like be for a second, like quiet and gentle and naked. And I want to just, I don't, I I don't like, I want to, I'm going to leave this message and I'm just going to say, Hey, I'm just calling to say that like, I'm not okay. Overall, I'm fine. You know, I always have to overall, I'm fine. You know, nothing is wrong, but like in this moment, I'm not okay. There's nothing to be done. There's nothing for you to do. There's nothing for me to do. I just need to be here in like my quiet nakedness, you know, not my like va va voom, like Liza Minnelli, like look at my vulnerability nakedness, like, but just my quiet nakedness, my quiet nakedness. The nakedness I feel is not the quiet, the, you know, the, the, my, my genuine, just like grain of sand, like here I am. I don't need you to do anything. There's nothing even for me to do. Like, this is the doing, this is all I need to do. And I just, I'm telling you, like, I just need to say it. Like, I'm just not okay today, you know, but like, I'm going to be okay. You know, like it's fine. It's all fine. But, uh, but, but this is how, this is what, this is what it is right now. You know, this is what it is. And I don't want advice. I don't want solutions. I don't, there's nothing to be done. I just need to be like seen like human to human or like heard human to human. And I did it twice this week and it was like immediately I felt so much better. It was like, dare I say healing? It was like, oh, that was like all I needed to do. But sometimes it's just really hard for me to do that because I do fear like the interaction or like that someone's going to feel like they need to solve or that they're going to be afraid I'm not okay. Like, you know, is she okay? Like what, you know, they're going to worry or, um, you know, and there are times when people, I guess, do need to worry. And there are times probably usually actually probably when I, I don't think anyone needs to worry, maybe when like I, I do need to worry about, but it's never, you know, but it's never the things we like think, right. It's, it's just so, um, 
you know, so that felt so good to just like not, it wasn't a performance. Like there was a couple moments this week. It was just like, I'm not, like it was just, nothing was being performed. It was like quiet, quiet, a quiet nudity, you know, it was just like, here I am with my blankie, like a hi, like shit sucks, man. Like this is hard, you know? And that was really um, nice. I don't know if I could have done it if someone picked up the phone. You know, I think it had to be on the voicemail. So, um, oh, so I've decided with the um, MilkFed pre-order, um, which please pre-order MilkFed. You can email your, if you haven't already, thank you to everyone who did. I'm like, um, it's really nice. Like, I'm like, I can't believe people actually did. Um, because it really helps me out also psychologically because I'm just like, Oh, like, I'm like, you know, like, okay. Like at least like, it's like, I'm not, al- I'm not going to be alone at the prom. You know what I'm saying? I'm not alone at the prom. I'm not alone at the prom. But so, um, I've decided that I'm going to do, um, two drawings a month. So basically if you pre-order milk fed, um, you know, I encourage you to do it through an indie store like bookshop. You can pick your indie store or any, you know, Powell's, whatever your favorite local indie store is or Amazon, you know, I mean, whatever. I just, I just ordered like four boxes of Nicorette from Amazon. You know, I'm not, Lord knows I'm like, fuck Jeff Bezos. And then I'm like, as I'm like using my box cutter to like open the box. Um, but you know, um, shout out to the indies, but, but whatever, whatever, you know, wherever, if you order it, screenshot it, email it to eating alone in my car at gmail.com. That's eating alone in my car at gmail.com. And whoever does that, um, I will, um, send you, um, the link to the, to the holiday spectacular episode that I'm going to do. Hopefully it will be spectacular. You get the link to the Hollywood, Hollywood, Holiday Spectacular. And also every other week, so I'm doing it bi-weekly. I decided instead of once a month, every other week, every other episode, I'm going to eeny, meeny, miny, mo style starting now, starting today, um, pick a winner and, or I'm not supposed to say winner because the sweepstakes, but just somebody through random drawing and that person gets a signed copy of the UK milk, uh, not, sorry, signed copy of the UK So Sad Today, tie-dyed, tie-dyed copy. It's like the cute, cool, weird cover. You get, um, you get a signed mini cereal box and you get a bunch of random shit that's lying around my house. Um, so there you go. Random shit. Um, but anyway, so, okay, I'm going to eeny, meeny, miny, mow it right now. Um, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. catch. And today I'm only going to do one round of eeny, meeny, meeny, miny, mo. but as the thing goes on, sometimes I'll do like, okay, I'm going to do seven rounds of eeny, meeny, miny, mo. You know, I won't always do the eeny, meeny, miny, mo part on air. It's just, I just decided as on air, on air, live. No, but like, as I was recording this, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do every other week. So I'm going to start today. So it's going to be every other week till the book comes out. Um, so here we go. Um, and the more, the earlier you enter, the more chances you have to win the party package of the signed cereal and, um, shit from my house 
and um and the shit from my house will definitely be like some stuff that I've like you know like I you know I moonlight like writing those like funny socks and gums and oven mitts it'll be like that kind of shit you know it'll be like a bunch of shit that I've like written you know like fun socks and whatever um and then also probably just like random shit you know like um you know I don't know, like an eyeshadow that I bought and was like, I'm never going to use, like, this is completely, like, I'm too wrinkly to ever use, you know, shit like that, just like shit, random shit, um, like stuff that could be in this drawer right now, you know, like a little prayer candle, maybe an extra crystal, um, you know, I don't know, whatever, a scrunchie that I just was like, no, you know, just like shit, um, random shit, you know, or like I had this neighbor who went to Israel and, like, we watched, we, like, babysat his dog for, like, 21 days or something. And when he came back, he's, like, here, I brought you this. And it was, like, this fucking, it was, like, one of those, like, you know, like, the, I don't know if you know, like, the Jew hand of God that he, like, got in the airport. And it was, like, it was, like, there was a prayer, like, a blessing for the home written on it. And, like, the blessing was, like, spelled wrong. Like, it was, like, literally, like, I feel like he picked it up at, like, Dollar Tree. I was, like, this is not a blessing. Like, this is going to be a curse. Like, this hand is, like, so, like, I'll send, you know, so, like, that kind of thing. Like, the, it's white elephant. You know what I'm saying? Like, shit that I've received that I, so I'll send you, like, the evil hand, you know, that I, like, got from, like, the neighbor, you know, you'll get, like, the evil hand of God, so, like, shit like that, you know, but anyway, okay, so let me just, I'm not gonna always eeny, meeny, mile me, mo on air, I promise, but, okay, here we go, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, catch a tiger by the toe, if he hollers, let him go, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, okay, Anastasia, Anastasia G, I'm going to email you. You are the winner of the prize pack and this week. Um, ooh. Um, so I will email you, Anastasia. Um, folks, if you um, already pre-ordered and you emailed, just um, hang tight for another two weeks. Um, and I will... But pre-order now just like throw your name in the hat throw it in um and I will um you'll have all those chances to win until the book comes out in February okay I fucking hate doing you know I'm gonna figure it out how to make it this part of the like the winner announcement like really succinct so it's not the whole fucking shod because I don't want to become one of those like promotional like I feel like I've whatever okay enough is okay I'm gonna go how about that but um Wishing you, so Anastasia, I'm going to email you, Anastasia G, wishing you, um, you know, a week where if you, if you want some quiet seenness, just like a quiet, gentle nakedness that you have at least one person with whom you feel that, that you can, um, be that with. And I will see you on the flip side. Um, that is all. Uh, me and my blintzes say, well, the blintz is done now, but me and my blintzes say good night and good luck. Also, P.S. I realized that I did not um, tell you why I was doing a, like what the blintzes were being used for for a photo shoot. So fat fetish it. So um, I uh, did like a milk fed photo shoot with like some some 
Jew foods of with a yesteryear vibe. Not even yesteryear, just, you know, now year. But I went to Ralph's. I got like some You Bet syrup. I got um, a jar of gefilte fish. Um, I got the the blintz, the golden blintzes. I got, um, oh, I ordered um, on Instacart from this kosher uh, like supermarket, like three jars of Batampte pickles, which are the fucking best. Um, even though they have this weird white cloudy chalk in there. And like, I remember when I was young and we used to have them at my house and I would be binge eating. I liked to drink pickle juice. Like I would just tip the jar, but with the Batampte, I was like, am I drinking mold or poison? But I think it's, I mean, I think it is. I think it's just like the preservative, you know, they just like go hard with the preservative. They're like, you can see the preservative and like, it's fine you know, but so I wouldn't be able to drink the pickle juice when it was the Batamte, but now I probably would. Like now that I'm older, I think I know I'm like, oh, this is like the blah, blah, blah phosphate that like keep gives the pickle. It's like, you know, lifespan or whatever. I mean, it's, it's fairly, it's probably fairly disgusting, but, um, I don't know the Batamte jar is just so like icon, iconic to me. It's so iconic to me. And so, um, but anyway, so the blintzes and the jar from the pickles didn't make it into the photo shoot. But, um, you know, so the blintzes went back in the freezer. But then um, now they're, you know, it's like they're they're having a second life. You know, it's like it's like somebody who has success as an artist later in life. Like, you know, they, they wanted to be a model. They were not. But now, um, you know, now they're making their name as a, as a shodcaster. Um, so it's really nice for them. I'm glad that the Blintzes, um, I'm glad that the Blintzes have come, have had their moment, their moment in the sun. Um, there's still six of them left. So who knows? They could, they could be a recurring character even, you know, there could be a whole other Blintz episode. But anyway, I just, you know, in case any of you were like burning, you were like, well, she said she did a photo shoot with the Blintzes, like, was it for paper magazine? Like, was it was it a Playboy blintz shoot? No, the photo shoot was um, me and my cell phone and um, a bunch of Jew foods in uh, this room in my house that has wood paneling. Um, that was, you know, that was... And the blintzes missed the boat on that one. They didn't um, get cast. They didn't get cast. But um, here they are. You know, they're back and, um, I'm just, I'm really, I'm really happy for them. You know, I'm really, it's just, you just never know where life is going to take you. You know, we're not in control. And, um, sometimes what we think is meant to be, is meant to be, is meant to be our destiny is really just what we want, but the universe has a whole other plan for us. Um, you know, and that's, that's been the Blintz's journey. So with that, uh, I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye.